Welcome back to Nick and John is this Evangelion. It's been a while, Nick. It has, John. It has been a while. Should we uh, should we apologise? Or explain. <laughs> Can we explain? I don't think so. There's no reason. Uh, I can't even remember when we did... That's bad. The uh, last one. That is terrible. It's a couple of months, isn't it? I think. Let's be charitable and say it's two months. Uh, maybe maybe our greatest fans would disagree. No, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe longer. Um, I can't really think why it happened. I... We just got super busy. Well, I mean, to be fair to us, Ali and I are ramping up towards our, you know, sort of preps for our wedding. Oh, you're getting married. We are Nick. actually. John. I, I yeah, noticed. I mean, um, no. I'm, I'm trying not to sort of bring it into literally every podcast that I'm on. I thought you had like just you know, obsessed forty thousand origami cranes downstairs because <laughs> I had some weird fetish. I didn't realise it was over. Yeah. for love. <laughs> no, not for the wedding. Oh, I see. Oh, that, that is irrelevant. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's not like... We've been busy, haven't we? Yeah, I mean... We're, That's we're, not an excuse. We, we, we've fallen right into pitiful excuse territory. But yeah, like, you know, we have... We've just been really busy with other yeah, things, sadly. Yeah, it's been a crazy few weeks. Uh, but of course, um, you know, we also pumped out uh, uh, Cuckoos. Yes, first, first flight. flight. So we had a whole new yeah. podcast there. Absolutely, um, yeah. We've been making a few changes podcast-wise. But we're about to launch a new show called... A show called Hate. Yeah. But I've got to say, it, it it does feel good to get back to Evangelion. Yeah, or as we call it, Najit. Najit. <laughs> you know, the boys in the know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been so long that we actually uh, had to remind ourselves what the last episode was. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, that, that shows how long it's been. Magma Diver. Magma Diver. Yes. So instead, uh, we're back. F- well, we we were we fired up the DVD. We did. And uh, we said to ourselves, "What's it going to be?" And I had a sneaking suspicion it was going to be big old spider angel guy, acid eyes McGee, as we like to call him. And uh, and you were right. I was by Jove. Uh, yeah, and I also said I, I I felt going in that this was going to be one of like the lost episodes. Yeah, and the funny thing is, it really was. Like, mm. everything about this episode sums up exactly, I th- I mean, we'll get into it, but, like, it could sum up exactly what Evangelion maybe is all about, mm. and maybe what we always thought it was all about. Yes, I, I mean, spoilers, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. I thought I thought it was a very strong episode. Yeah. <laughs> um... Uh, so should we should we do what we know? Should we dive in? Let's dive in. Let's uh, should let's... we just grab the ball by the horns let's and see start... if we remember how this works? I'm, I'm pulling up the website now to to remind me of the episodes. Delightful. Well, but, um, yeah. Okay, okay. I guess so. Yeah, this was uh, episode eleven of the original series, and uh, it had a title. It had two titles. They often don't yep, have get many ready. titles. Here I'm nearly there. Here we go. Hold, hold on to your hold on to your pants. L- lay it on me. The day Tokyo Three stood still. That's a good title. Or. In the still darkness. Mm. Both good, actually. Both uh, both representative of the events within the episode. Um, yeah, so we start... How does it open, Nick? Uh, it opens... Oh, goodness me. <laughs> Think domestic? Uh, what, do you do, what do you do around the house? Uh, you uh, cook. Yeah. You uh, clean. Yeah, clean. What might you clean? What might you clean? Uh, why can't I remember this? I watched it like 20 minutes okay. ago. Okay. <laughs> Okay, it's it's not a kitchen. You're not cleaning the kitchen. Not cleaning it's... the kitchen. Uh, are you cleaning the bathroom? No. What are you wearing? Uh, um, uh, clothes. Clothes. Yes. Laundry. Laundry. They're doing. Yes, it opens on a laundromat, John. You idiot. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we see what looks like normal everyday street life in Tokyo Three. Yeah. Um, with some with 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 some figures 
outside the laundromat, obviously having just picked up their laundry. And we get, when we get closer, we realise that they are the sort of um, computer crew of yeah. the HQ of Nerve. You see, because it, it was interesting, because it opened like this kind of pretty mundane, you know, normal city street. We get it a lot in yeah, Evangelion, you know, cicadas. Yeah, regardless of the end of the world, it kind of looks every day. Yeah, and the thing, the opening line is like, yeah, I want an ice cream bar. <laughs> Yeah, it's a kid running past a vending yeah, machine. Yeah, and as we mentioned before, it's like, well, kind of post-apocalyptic, yeah. but someone is still manufacturing ice cream bars. And I'm glad they are. And I remember saying, like, oh, it's a laundry. Like, yeah, that's what a... What an odd little, you know, there's a laundry. That's fine. That survived the apocalypse. Seems we... to be a very futuristic laundry. None of us realised that the laundry was going to be quite integral to the plot. Yeah, weirdly. Yeah. So basically, it seems that the the sort of the computer team, as they were, the guys who were always in HQ and the ones who were shouting at the big screen and shouting information back to Fuyutsuki and Gendo and everything. Yeah. It's those three, two women and a, and a guy. Yeah, because we're going to come across as, no, it's only, it's only one woman, woman and two guys. Oh, is it? Oh, that's right, because there's a short-haired guy and a long-haired guy. Yeah, the long-haired guy has a guitar. Does he? Yeah, because he was Isn't there that's... as well. He had a guitar over his shoulder. Oh, yes, yes. On his, on his case yeah. on his back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you see, we're, we're probably sounding like... I swear we're fans of the show. Love honestly, the show. But we just cannot bring the names of these characters to mind. Well, right I think there's a reason for that. Um, I'm not 100% sure we've been told them. They haven't been... No, no, no. They, they, they haven't been named in the <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. We could be the best fans in the world, but, I mean, there's a limit. Evangelion, Evangelion is one of those shows. Sorry, I'm choking on my own rage. I'm so angry. <laughs> I'm so angry about how great this episode is. Uh, Evangelion is one of those shows where there's so much literature and mythos around the show. You can call it chuff. Chuff, shall we say. <laughs> a lot of chuff. But you trick yourself into thinking, like, you, I know elements of the show, and I'm convinced I've learned it from the show. And yet, yeah, you haven't. Yeah. Yeah, like, no, I completely agree. Like, these yeah. characters have not been named no. so far. They probably have names. I'm sure they do. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm sure they do, and I'm yeah. sure better and fans than us could tell us yeah. who they are. Yeah, right in. Yeah. Subscribe. <laughs> but it cuts to uh, the laundry, and it's, it, we're immediately like, oh, what's going on? Why is suddenly everyone doing their laundry? Like, yeah. everyone who's anyone in Nerve. <laughs> yeah. Because you've got uh, Ritsuko... Yeah. And, and well, one of the technicians are picking up laundry. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Ritsuko's like, so much of my life is spent doing laundry. Yeah. More so now, she says, or something. Like, After I'm, the I'm spending so much money. Yeah, which suggests that she's so busy that she hasn't got any time to do it herself, mm. I guess. Is that the, the... But then they all hop onto the metro. It seems to be a, a normal morning in it's Tokyo down, 3. You know, it's a down Hop day. on the train to get yeah. to work, you know? Just the commute to Nerve to save the world. You see, this bit is, it's a very good episode. It's a really good episode. Yeah, yeah, don't get us wrong. But as, as we, there's tone, like the tone of the series is always shifting. Always. And, and so like, we've never had these kind of mundane moments of just the average people going to work. No, and I think the show is trying to play them as though like, hey, it's just your favourite characters. You know, you're getting to know them. Woo. Yeah. This is going to be fun. And it's like, yeah. That's fine. And, and, and I'm all for like putting your sort of titular characters into more everyday mundane situations because you get to know them a bit better. It just doesn't seem to <laughs> it just doesn't weirdly sort of hang with this. It's yeah, odd. It's it like, is odd. If a whole series was like this, great. Yeah. But we've gone through episodes where Nerve is presented like this weird alien, almost like inhuman, monstrous government agency. Yeah. 
And then we get these odd little human moments. And I've got to say, I always kind of assumed, although we know that Katsuragi lives in her apartment, which is, you know, off of Nerve yeah. ground, I, I assumed that a lot of Nerve employees actually lived on site in yeah. a sort of dorm or mess kind oh, exactly, of story. Yeah. And also that they didn't travel on, like, regular public transport or anything well, like no, that. No, we, we, this comes up so often, because we're like... I mean, every one of the... Because it's not a big team, right? No, it Nerve doesn't seem to be. has this massive complex. It seems to have a lot of... Like underlings and technicians and engineers, but the actual people calling the shots is yeah. a very small team. Yeah, and it's like any one of them, you know, like if they died or you know were hit by a car, we've got can... a significant problem. Yeah, saving the world. Like Ritsuko is like the smartest woman alive. Like <laughs> you know, she practically built the entire Evangelion project program. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, maintains it, runs for supercomputers. It, it, it's incredible. Yeah, and here she is just picking up a laundry. So she hops on the subway. Fiyutsuki's there. He's reading the paper. Yeah, also, you know, a rather important person. Yeah. You know, second in command of... Where does he live? Nerve. Yeah. <laughs> He's just been staying over at friends. And they just, I mean, just have, like... It's actually, a, you know, it's quite a nice bit of world building. It is, because they're talking about the uh, the upcoming elections for the council. Yes, like the city council of Tokyo yeah. 3. Which is then revealed to be kind of a little bit of an empty shell of a council, really. Because all of the democratic decisions... And sort of process is actually handled by the Magi, the three supercomputers. Yeah, which was... But now, you see, this was interesting because they, they, they say the Magi. And my immediate thought watching the episode was, just like I said a few minutes ago, this is one of those moments where they I know they've mentioned the Magi yeah. in a previous episode. Yes, yes. But it's one of those subtle backgroundy kind of things where they talk about the Magi, but they never explain what they are. Which I think maybe this was the episode that did. Yeah, like this episode goes, actually explains a few things. Yeah, actually. we have a few expositional comments like, oh, you mean the supercomputers at the core of nerve? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which of course he did. Um, and yeah, so there's a nice little bit, as you say, a nice little bit of world building there. And uh, and we learn that Fiyutsuki's actually on a trip. He's going to head out to sort of represent Gendo yeah. at, at the council meeting. He basically says, he gives me all the mundane jobs. Yeah. Uh, so we're really very boring. much building Gendo up at this point in the episode to be a bit of a, a bit of a douche, mm-hmm. you know. And then it cuts to Shinji on the phone. Yes. Um, and he's calling Gendo, his dad, uh, and gets through. He's calling in a phone uh, a phone box just on the street, as, as Shinji has a habit of doing, even though we've seen him with a mobile phone, incidentally, in this episode. Weird. Does he have a mobile phone? Yeah, he uses it to try and connect to Nerve when everything goes oh. wrong later on. Anyway, that's, that's beside that's, the point, that's clearly. That's beside Maybe the point. he hasn't bought any credit. Yeah, no minutes. It. Yeah. Yeah. Data charges after <laughs> second impact were devastating. So he's listening to hold music, then he gets put through, and Gendo sounds very impatient and angry. What is it? What do you want? And we, we get a frustratingly slow conversation on Shinji's part. Oh, uh, uh, oh dad. Oh, dad. Uh, oh. Yeah, get to it, boy. I know Gendo's a monster, but I do sympathise with I, him. To, like... to, this, to this, this aspect, <laughs> I do, yeah. And he eventually manages to spit out that he's trying, he needs to, um, what is it, he needs parents. It's basically, it's basically like a parents' evening. Some school thing, at, yeah. At school, yeah. Yeah, and he says, and Gendo on the other end of the line's like, well, I got Katsuragi to, to, to handle all of this stuff. Like, don't bother me with this sort of stuff again. Yeah, you see, exact kind of stuff, <laughs> it does seem like a grim mockery because it's like, <laughs> Shinji, what are you talking about? We own the school. It's a <laughs> yeah. government facility. I'm head of Nerve. I'm making sure you get A-stars every day. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, and uh, I'm also secretly planning the end of the world. So uh, you're gr- I've, I've got a lot on. Your university <laughs> prospects do not concern you me. You won't survive to university. Yes, no. <laughs> there Shinji, will be instrumentality before then. Shinji, try to understand. Soon you will know everything. 
and nothing <laughs> and knowledge will be a colour. You'll be you know? made out of a giant blood creature. Okay, so... <laughs> Yeah, so he really doesn't have time, but no. I can understand with, with what he's got on his plate. But, you know, it's just some reminders that, hey, hey, again, Gendo is a bit of a bird. Yeah, and, you know, Shinji's life is horrible. Let's not like him. Um, and then, phone hangs up. Or it sounds like Gendo's hung up on Shinji. But it also did sound a little bit like the phone cut out. We can't, I, it's, he, you hear him say, like, almost to his secretary, like, off, off mic, he goes, stop you know, stop forwarding these calls, click. Yes. You know, and then and just kind of... But Shinji is not convinced from that, that, that his dad hung up on him. He has a bit of insight, because he then because then it cuts to a conversation between, is it then? It cuts to him and Oscar and Ray, and they're walking yeah. as, uh, towards Nerve. And Shinji says something to the effect of, oh, I don't think he hung up. I think it was a mechanical failure. Oh, did he say that? Yeah, yeah. He oh. Says that. Um, and I think um, Oscar takes the piss out of him and just says something like, oh, you're just, why, why aren't you a man? You should be more of a man. Uh, which is her sort of go-to yeah. phrase whenever she doesn't know what to say. <laughs> well, you see, at, at this point, we're kind of bouncing, because, yeah, we're bouncing about a little bit, and it's quite well done. Like, we see, like, you know, like... Yeah, it's um, quite choppily cut, but in a good the way. The editing is really... Yeah, because... Really oh, yeah, because we, no, yeah. we've got the Ritsuko bit, haven't we? Yeah, it was an amazing yeah. cut where, like, because we're seeing, like, nerve... It's like, it's like, it's a quiet day, and everyone's just going about their business, and everyone's collecting laundry yeah. for some reason. and we've got our morning commutes. And we have the other technician... You see him, and I think he's named later as like Hayuke or something like that. Yes, yeah. he is. Well done. Well done. So he's kind of like picking up. Um, yeah. Oh, what's wrong with me? Oh, Katsuragi's uh, yeah. laundry. What's her What's her full name? Katsuragi. Misato. Misato. Yeah. yeah. He's picking up Misato's uh, laundry, and he's like, oh, "Gosh, she's such a slob. Why Why do I have to pick up her laundry?" Let's drive that point home again yeah. for a little. <laughs> and, uh, and then, of course, on the train, you got a Fuyutsuki, and he's like. Um, Oh, uh, you got the unit zero test today. He goes, yes, I, uh, yes, we're we're trying another 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 trial run. It'll be great. And he goes, I I, I hope you have good results. Immediate smash cut to emergency, in emergency red on the screen. I mean, <laughs> the editing in this episode is really good. Like, and it's just, then it just cuts to Ritsuko, doesn't it? And she's just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's really good. And for once, though, uh, unit zero does not go berserk and try to kill anyone. Thank goodness. And uh, they just turn the power off. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, so so we've got these two scenes running simultaneously. We've got Shinji talking to Asuka and Rei on the way Yeah, kind of just commuting to Nerve. To, yeah. to nerve. And we've got Ritsuko doing a test on Unit Zero. And simultaneously, uh, through cuts, um, the power goes out. Oh, and also um, uh, Misato and... Can, uh, Kaji in Kaji. the lift. Yes. Yeah, I just kind of like uh, catch him in the lift. And then suddenly, like, bang, 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 the power goes out everywhere. Yeah, and we get a shot of Ritsuko in the lab just going, that wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Again, surprisingly funny episode, Yeah, yeah, actually. really good. Um, uh, 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 yeah, and yeah, so, and then the build-up is very nice again. It because is, Because yeah. you just get all the characters kind of going, hmm, no power. That's, That's odd, you know. And, uh, yeah, Misato explains that there are three circuits. There's the mm. main, the sub, and then the backup, and all of them are not activating. And she says, basically, like, the chances of that happening... Are basically zero, which means sabotage. Yeah, uh, but sabotage that doesn't sound like something an angel would do. And everyone starts kind of freaking out. And you cut to like you know the command unit, and they're like, uh, "Oh my god, what's happened? Like, do we have any power?" It's like, "Well, we have a tiny bit of power." And uh, Fuyuski, uh, Fuyuski? Fuyuski? Yeah. yeah, he's like, um, "Quick, um, shunt it to um, the Magi, Magi, Magi and Central Dogma." I can't speak today. What's wrong with me? <laughs> shunt it to the Magi and Central Dogma. Uh, they're like, but what about life support? It's like, screw life support. We have to keep them <laughs> running. To save the world. <laughs> that is very important that we have to do that. Yeah. Um, so very small amount of power, which I guess is residual charge that they're holding somehow. Um, they pipe it into those things. And we and Ritsuko sort of makes a, a sort of 
power, uh, sort of leading comment that it's it feels like sabotage. It feels like someone would be doing it to map the facility in how we restore it. Oh. So someone is watching. So they sabotaged everything, watching how we restore, and in the process of restoration would learn a lot. I think about how nerve works. Interesting. Which is weird. That is very interesting. Yeah. So she then says to Gender that she'll run a dummy program through the Magi, which would throw them off the scent. Nice. Yes, which is quite a cool idea. That is a very cool idea. And um, what I really do really like about this episode is how you see it's very methodical. Yes. Yeah. And it's very real. Like they respond to the problem in a genuine way. And mm. initially, it seems like an inconvenience, but not like a, a major problem yeah and then when they realize that essentially they have been attacked but because there's no it's, it's like well we've been taken you know someone has attacked us but because nothing's blowing up or and anything, there's no alarms going or anything like yeah. this and it's just like it's very they just start going it's very there's a lot of um human ingenuity like they're just trying to solve problems Process. as they emerge. yeah exactly yeah. yeah it's great and then at the same time like um the three kids have arrived and they can't get into... Their ID no. cards don't work on the scanners and everything. Yeah, all the yeah. doors seem to have just been shut down. Yeah, and we're also cutting at this point to the US Army... Uh, not the US Army, the Army, um, who are doing their usual sort of... They're monitoring the situation, but they yeah. don't mobilise because they know Nerve always handles it. Yeah, and they're essentially impotent. Like, they, they're not... Yeah, they and can't you can tell they're all angry about it. And then they say something like, um, we're not hearing anything from Nerve. This is weird. Yeah. Why, why aren't they doing anything? And they basically say, like, uh, oh... An angel, like, you know, something's it's landed. An yeah, yeah, an angel is heading towards for sure. Yeah. And they're like, the thing is, I'd be freaking out a bit more if I were them. Yeah. But they're like, oh, an angel's arrived. Have nerves said anything yet? No, they're not responding to our calls. <laughs> but that, <laughs> this is what's so weird about, about Evangelion in general, is that there is this massive rivalry between the army and nerve. Yeah. And I can understand that from a political perspective. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, but it's the end of the world. Okay. Guys, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess the defence would be, we don't know how much the army knows. No, true. Because we know Nerve has a lot of secret stuff going on. However, <laughs> if giant monsters were coming from space, yeah. I, I think kind of like the greater good yeah. might convince me to work. I think the with greater people. panic would probably kick in. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's funny because the the army almost has this attitude of well, you know. If they if they screw it up, it's their fault. What? You know? Yeah, because they go like, well, it's heading for Tokyo three. Yeah. What's the government said? Oh, the government are getting ready to evacuate. And they even say something like, "Well, we can't handle this sort of stuff anyway." Yeah, it's not our job. Yeah. More than my job's worth. You know. And it's almost like it's almost like they're setting up or not setting up, but but we're hoping that Nerve will fail so they can do a big "Told you so." Nerve are rubbish, even though Nerve are the only ones who have ever had any chance. Yeah. And have a proven track record of taking angels down. You'd think the army would be like rooting for Nerve. At this yeah. Because you'd be like, oh, hey. um... Monsters from space. Um, turns out shooting little lead pellets at them yeah. isn't actually doing anything. Oh, really? Uh, well, you appear to have a super weapon. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can work together. You know. Uh, <laughs> Would I'm you like a... some lead pellets for it? <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, you ever need someone shot? You know, we can help you out there. But Shinji needs uh, his dad shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, one bullet. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um... So yes, that's a weird little cutaway which we see. Yeah. With so we keep, we keep kind of bouncing back and forth. Between... We do. So we may as well talk about it in general terms. Yeah, because it it would be a little hard to track every individual scene because they do the editing is very very good. It's great. Yeah. And they yeah. do this wonderful sense of just showing all these various plot lines. So like uh, Misato and uh, Kaji are stuck in the elevator. Yeah. And there's sexual tension. Mainly coming and... from Kaji being a 
perv. Dirty perv, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the heat is increasing because yes. the... Um, life support's not on anymore. Life support is breaking down. So and then in the command unit, they're lighting candles everywhere. And, and everyone... then there's a great humour moment again. Do you want to tell it? <laughs> no, it's all yours. It's all yours. <laughs> so it's like they're all complaining about how hot it is. Um, and then and then I think uh, one of the girls at the console goes, well, look at the look at the two commanding officers. And then it cuts up to the usual shot we always see of Gendo with his hands like in front of his face and Fiotsky standing sort of a few feet behind him. And uh, Fiotsky's just like, it's hot, isn't it? Again, just like, yeah. <laughs> but and, then, and then it cuts. And Fiotsky stood with his trousers rolled up to his knees, just barefoot, in a bucket of cold water. <laughs> now, there are, there are very few situations in which we've seen his legs. Yeah. You know, he had that habit of just kind of like descending or yeah, appearing. Yeah, a little um, elevator. I choose yeah. to believe he's always in a bucket of water. Yeah, maybe he is. Maybe he's like a plant. Just kind of changes the temperature based on like <laughs> the weather. I like the idea that the designers had to think about what Fiotsky's legs looked like. I wonder if there was a committee about that. Mm. Like, do you think he? Do you think he waxes? No, I don't think he does. There's a whole Tumblr page for it now. Inevitably, and yeah. if there isn't, we've just caused it to. We exist. need to set that up. <laughs> <laughs> we have a. We have, we're in the golden period between coming up with this genius money-making idea and registering the URL. <laughs> so we need, to, we need to hurry. <laughs> Let's move. Um, but yeah, so aside from like all these wonderful little like character moments, nothing Which it very much is. Actually. Nothing is kind of like really happening as such that's not a bad thing it's more just kind of like no we know the angel's progressing though yeah we know the angel has because the army have tracked it um and we've seen a couple of shots of really long black legs yeah sort of behind hills and skyscrapers um advancing on the center of tokyo 3 and uh i guess the most action is happening with uh the kids kids. because they uh they find like an emergency door they're worming their way in manually open they go through some vents they go through some different and all the while they're talking and again this is this is key character development like oscar is very much taking the leader role as she's decided um to to lead it but she obviously doesn't know where to go as ray does Mm. um and she's she you know shinji decides to ask at one point what he thinks the what do you think the angels are you know and they have a little conversation about that oscar doesn't really want to engage in that conversation but shinji makes the point that angels are you know named after the messengers of god and yet for some reason these are enemies that we're fighting yeah and she's like well why are you overthinking it yeah. Things from space are coming to kill us. Let's fight back. We're fighting back. It's as simple as that. I think it's like one of the few times... I mean, because in Magma Diver, you had like weird moments where all three of them were together. Yeah. But, you know, they actually spent a lot of time talking about Shinji's sexual frustration. You know, yes. it was just like... And it, was, it didn't... Yeah, not only did it... Was it annoying, like you said at the time, but it also didn't feel right. Like, they wouldn't talk about that. Yeah. Whereas this actually seems like a realistic conversation. Again, this is one of those episodes where I would feel quite comfortable showing this to people as an example of what the series i'd want to show it off yeah, yeah. As, as, yeah. as what it should be because again it's a gentle episode not a massive amount happens but it feel it feels confident and yeah, like it knows uh, what it is focused yes. it's doing it really well yeah so yeah. And, and you get nice bits of character moments so it's not you know asuka in a swimsuit and taunting shinji no uh it's you know the three of them trying to work together as a team and not really getting on to no. some extent, and you get nice bits between like Asuka and Ray. Yes, you get the whole section where Asuka's sort of saying, um, "Oh, you're the favourite, and you act like so superior to all of us." And Ray's like, "I don't act superior, and also I'm not treated like the favourite." Yeah, you know, and it's you're starting to get this inkling that she kind of is treated like the favourite by Gendo in terms of how he like psychologically treats her but you're starting to get this paint this picture which again we're not sure where we picked this up from has the show told us this yet we've seen where ray lives yes which is not particularly pleasant um, but we haven't really yet had a really full sense of actually how ray is treated 
as an object, basically. Mm. Um, and it's interesting to hear that she has some feelings on that as well, albeit very gentle feelings. But she's got, she says that, you know, it sort of comes across that she's not really happy in her life either, mm. really at all. Um, but she doesn't, she doesn't know anything not, else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, she's yeah. like, it's like, I'm unhappy, but I don't really know what happiness is anyway. So yeah, I don't really know I'm not how really to pursue it. it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, you see Asuka's like pathological need to be in control yes. and to be better than people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then they get to a junction, then yeah. they in a corridor, and it's left or right. And race is left. And uh, Oscar thinks it's right. So she asks Shinji. And Shinji can't decide. No, obviously. Shinji chooses inaction. Who'd so, have thought? <laughs> yeah, so there you go, everyone. That's yeah. character. So they go the way that Oscar wants to go, which is right. Um, which starts taking them up again. Upwards, which which Shinji says that doesn't seem that right. Doesn't seem right. Asuka just gets annoyed at him. She opens a door at the top of the slope and is face to face with the street level of Tokyo 3. So it's all gone wrong, obviously. But as the instant she opens that door, one of the feet of the black uh, spider legs that we've seen um, from a distance sort of slams to the ground in front of her. Um, and as it sort of moves on, the body then sways into view past the door. Yeah, and it's kind of like... Um... I've heard it described, and it's not like a true spider. It's more like a daddy long legs. Yes, because yeah. the body hangs from the legs. Yeah, it's like it? it's kind of like pellet shaped body. Yeah. It's not the biggest of angels. Like its legs no. are kind of crazy big, but it's it's almost. It's, I, I'd say it's the flimsiest of all of them. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. It was a bad day in the angel factory, <laughs> and they sent that one out. <laughs> yeah. You know. So it's got one power. Um, and yeah, and as it swings past, we see its little body, which is probably about the size of like I don't know, like a big car. Yeah. 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 Land Rover, shall we say. And it's, it's black, but it's covered in like triangular eye symbols, like yeah. all over it, like a potato. They look more like eyes. symbols yeah. than actual eyes. But I think they are eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we're probably, uh, I guess for one thing, because uh, like I said, this episode bounces about all over the place. Uh, but one thing we kind of missed is that Hayuke or Hayake, yeah. uh, yeah. Hayake. The uh, one of the technicians who was outside the complex. Oh yeah, yeah. He uh, he hears like a military plane going above. Yes. Because uh, a military because there's no word from nerve because they're cut off and the military facility is going. Uh, uh, you know, angel, angel, incoming. A- angel incoming, angel incoming. So he commandeers <laughs> a political uh, like yeah, yeah. megaphone truck. Kind yeah, of. yeah, yeah. And they race into nerve. And there's a great bit. And I want this like tattooed on my chest where they're racing towards the nerve entrance and there's a barrier down. And they're like, there's a barrier. He goes, no, drive straight through it. This is an emergency. Everything is permitted. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's amazing. This is an emergency. Everything is permitted. Put it on my gravestone. That'd yeah. be astounding. <laughs> And then basically he <laughs> drives this little van right into the command unit, however many thousands of miles that is below the surface. Yeah, like he's managed to get to the place where the computer consoles are, you know, where they yeah. where they work. He drove a van into there, you know. Like I always wonder in car showrooms how they got the cars in there. Yeah. But like he knows how because he got it into a computer room. Like <laughs> Screeches to a halt and just goes like, there's an angel, there's an angel. And then like, they're, oh, Bugger. Oh, you know, angels, you know. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, bad. <laughs> and then Gendo's like, we have to we have to launch the angel. Yes. And so, yeah. So now what we're getting is between um, like Oscar, Shinji and Ray having taken the wrong way and seen the angel eye to eye, uh, literally. Um, at the same time, Gendo is like, we need to prepare the Avers. So he decides to naff off and do it himself by hand. Now, obviously, there are, some, yeah, there are some workmen in orange jumpsuits assisting him. But it is quite interesting that Gendo decides that he's going to do this and he's going to assist. And so interspersed, we get shots of the hangars 
And everything is being done with like winches and pulleys and men going heave ho and pulling stuff around. Yeah, he says, they say like they have like a uh, they have diesel uh, generators, generators which might allow them to. Yeah, so that's good, I guess. I, yeah, and I'm guessing that's helping them, like doing things like opening the entry plug and everything. And then all the time, everyone's going, "Well, what's the point? There's no there's no pilots here." Um, to which Ritsuko, I believe, says, "They'll be here." Yeah, 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 which is quite cool. It's a great again. Just to kind of like salute the editing. It's been not a great little moment where you just see like a door because all the doors are electric. Yeah. And they're all shut. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you see like a group of workmen just like prying <laughs> this door open. Massive effort. And then they always collapse on the floor. And then like perfect comedy, Ritsuko just like kind of steps over them. Yeah. Just walks gently. Like six men have like struggled with all they have to open that door and she just walks in. It's a very funny episode. It is actually. There's a lot of visual gags as well. Yeah. And then, yeah, so all the plot threads are coming together and the kids are in a ventilation shaft. Yep. Kind of crawling. And then they fall out of the ventilation shaft. Into the command centre room. Yeah, like, bang. In front of Ritsuko, basically. It's like. very convenient, It's actually. really yeah. lucky. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And they're like, oh, great, you're here. Yeah, let's, uh, let's get you in. <laughs> let's get you strapped in. And, and then they're like, uh, but how can we launch? We have no power. And she's like, you don't understand, Shinji. You know, the music <laughs> swells. But, and there's like this oddly symphonic music playing. Uh, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she goes, you don't understand, Shinji. Your dad knew you'd be here. And like he believed in you. You see Gendo and he's like heaving on a rope. Like, he's not looking down, but he's like sweating. He's so determined. Yeah. You know? And like he believed in you and, you know, he knew you'd be here and they're launching the the Eva just for you. It's your birthday, Shinji. Here's Whoa, a present. We made you a cake. Here's a cake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like they do this a lot where <laughs> Gendo acts like an absolute monster. Yeah. And then all the other characters just enable his behaviour because they go to Shinji. See, Shinji, your dad is actually a really nice guy. And you're kind of an asshole yeah, for thinking you, that he's bad. Are a bit selfish, Shinji? Maybe you should revisit your values. When you values. think about it, and just think, Shinji, if he'd been at your, you know, your silly little parents', parents evening, evening, the earth would have been... Your, your crappy little... <laughs> 40,000 people would have died, Shinji, because of you. Your life's irrelevant, Shinji. Yeah. Gendo's is more important. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is a point that's constantly driven home. Um, but weirdly, in this episode, kind of plays out in a kind of heroic moment where it's like, you know, without any words said, Shinji, I think, yeah. respects his dad for it. His dad respects him, maybe slightly. Yeah, I don't know. It's you weird. can see it either way. I think you can definitely... Um... Yeah, it's undeniably heroic. Everyone's doing their job. Yeah. He's still an awful dad. Oh, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. no doubt. So, I don't know, maybe Shinji is like left realising that like his dad can be heroic but just not paternal I or guess. maybe maybe he's maybe the only lesson learned here is that he's not entirely an asshole yeah <laughs> like 98 percent asshole everyone has redeeming qualities and his is pulling on pulleys my god yeah he can pull a pulley and wear a jacket and wear he oh, does. those gloves <laughs> like pushing those glasses up his nose. Him. um so they launch and they launch with um with backup power yes um, but then Ritsuko mentions that they're going to fit the Avas with batteries so that they can navigate the nerve tunnels. And it's also the first time that all three Evas have been deployed. Is that true? I believe I believe so. First time all three. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, because um, Asuka's not been on the scene. Because we, we had the Asuka trilogy, didn't we? We did. And, yes. and Ray didn't mobilise in that at all. Yeah, no, and even yeah. in the last one with Magma Diver, there was only two. Yeah, very true. Yeah, yeah. this is the first time all three. Which is interesting because, of course, the episode started with the Unit Zero test. And to all intents and purposes, it didn't seem like the test was going well. No. It didn't go berserk, like you said. 
I had to think about this because I was doubting myself for a minute, and I was thinking, oh, is this a, is this the first time they've launched Unit Zero? But of course it isn't. It's not the first time they've launched Unit Zero, no. Because during the Ramiel fight, like yeah. they, that was the big, you know, yeah. Arc but one. it does have a paint uh, job for this one. Yeah, it's blue now. Was it yellow during the events of Ramiel? Ramiel. Oh goodness me, I don't know. Now I'm doubt. You see, it happened at night, and, and I also can't... was it different between the show and the film? I don't know either. We should check that. I know generally they got a bit of a different paint job for the movies, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they did. God, we're terrible fans. <laughs> we're meant to be doing a podcast about it. We love the show, I swear. I really like this show, John. I, I, I know it in and out. Yeah. So so anyway. Smash cut. They're launching. <laughs> yes. And, and the three Avers are now crawling through a tunnel. <laughs> Which again is a direct callback to earlier when, when the, the kids, kids were, were crawling. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, Oscar. As she always does, she she wants to be as cool as she can when she's piloting the Aver. Um, so she's like, "This makes us look stupid," and it does. It's hilarious. Um, and they have these huge battery packs fitted to their crazy shoulder, uh, sort of shoulder fins, if you can call it that, which ends up making them look a little bit like Gundam. I was just gonna, yeah, just going to say because they yeah. have these. So when they're stood up, which you see them briefly for the the batteries reach maybe the backs of their knees, yeah, from their shoulders. So they have these long, what look like wings, like rocket wings. They look really good. They look amazing, and they're black. But I guess I guess the, the weird thing is like earlier the kids the kids human sized children were crawling through a ventilation shaft. Yeah. Now you have the Evas crawling through, from their perspective, a ventilation shaft. But it must be giant. Yeah, like colossal. What is this? Like the only thing I can think is it's is because Lucy said it. She thinks it's the launch tubes. Yeah, when and they like, normally launch. And the maybe Avers. you could drive a, you know, because when they're crawling horizontally, maybe you could drive a truck. Maybe. Several trucks down that. Maybe know. that's how they got them in. Maybe so. To the showroom. Uh, but then they get to a vertical shaft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which seems to lead right up to the surface. Which presumably is one of the rocket... Again, must yeah. be, yeah. And seems to be open as well, interestingly. Uh, and they start climbing up it. They do. Sort of, uh, again, very ungainly. Yeah. They've sort of formed... Uh, they're chimneying it, basically. Arms, chimneying it. Yeah. Arms and legs out, clambering up this circular shaft, which is huge, mm-hmm. but is the size of a fully starred out... Like Ava. So if an Ava was doing a star jump, yes, that's how big the tube is. I think it's very important that everyone knows how big the tube is. It's, it's quite a large tube. Yeah. And then some acid drips down from above, John. Well, how do we know it's acid? Because Nick. it melts into Unit Zero's batteries on, a, on its Yeah, back. it just goes right through it. Yeah. And I think hits uh, Unit 2's foot. Yes, that's right. So she slips. She slips, hits uh, unit, uh, unit Zero, hits Unit 1, and they start they falling. They tumble down this chimney... Um, and unit uh, unit one's at the bottom of yeah. the fall. So Shinji does again, kind of something kind of heroic. He often saves the day when it comes to Avers. He puts his arms out, he grips into the sides of the chimney as they're plummeting, and he manages to slow the descent to a point that they all stop, but they're all piled on top of each other. And yeah, it's very ungainly. I'm still kind of like just, you know, I don't know how far down this continues to go. They're just kind of like they're like you know. spread out, yeah. And they look up and they see uh, the angel. Yes, above. it's positioned directly over this shaft, and its eyes are weeping oozing orange liquid yeah this kind of like uh obscenely powerful acid orange julius because it <laughs> but you see this is the thing that's weird because it's like um we've seen the behavior of several angels now, yeah and they've always tried to dig down down to, to dog yeah. yeah uh and it's like um you know ramiel uh in the original series uh used a drill a drill uh, in the movie, it kind of like modged sc- a screwed down. Yeah, I'm trying. To, and I often felt about this angel, whose name I don't know. I can't actually remember the name of this angel. Oh, he's, While you're he's talking looking it up. I always felt that, like, compared to some of the uh, techniques the angels use for trying to get down, be it like ion cannons or drills, 
I felt like the acid was some of the least efficient. It really feels like, like you said, like there was a day off on the Angel Factory because like every angel gets better and stronger and learns from the one that came before it. It suggests that they're not all waiting in the wings, but they're being built progressively. So, oh, that design didn't work. Let's incorporate the bits that did and add something new. Mm. Every time it's like it's like a learning process. But this one, <laughs> this one is just like, I'll just send something out. I'm, I'm really tired. Like I'm, Maybe they were, doing, they were doing their laundry. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had a power cut. So it's called Matariel. Oh. Yeah, Matarael. It's a good name. Yeah, it's good. Like material, in a way. Mm. Um, Tell us about it, Nick. Uh, well, the, Give uh, us a fact. I don't know. Oh, let me click on it. See what see what it says. Give us a fact direct from the internet. Doodly-doo. doo Scrolling down. Doodly-doo. Uh, no, not that one. Matariel, the ninth angel, has the appearance, appearance sorry, of a massive opilionid creature oh, with numerous we, eyes. There we go. The central eye on the underbelly secretes a strong solvent which can easily melt through both concrete and steel. The angel attempts to burn a tunnel directly into the geofront using the solvent. The angel appears to possess no armament beyond this solvent and its AT field never physically manifests. So, which uh, leads us to... So, obviously, a bit of acid drips onto, they all tumble about, uh, Shinji sort of saves them from falling to their very deaths, and they tuck away into, into a, a side, side passage. Point. But they have to shed their batteries to, they do to get fit back in. in. Yes, yeah. which means they're now on the counter yeah. and they're five minutes of counting down. So I, I think by the time we joined them, they only have like two and a half minutes yeah, left. Yeah, like it's, yeah. Like, you know, desperate stakes. But yeah, so, but it's like they have a direct, you know, they're directly under the angel, direct shot up at it. Yeah. But they're directly in the path of the acid. Yes. At which point Asuka comes up with a plan. So uh, under pressure, she uh, she does her usual thing of actually doing quite well as a soldier. Um, and she says, right, my plan involves each of us having a specific role. There's an offense, there's a defense, and there's a... Oh, and a, a, a collector of the gun. Because when they yeah. drop the batteries, they also dropped a gun all the way to the bottom of the shaft. Yes. So offense, defense, gun collector. That's yes. the three roles. Um, the plan is that someone will position themselves as defense. Basically sacrifice themselves, put themselves, yes. block the tunnel. In, in Block the falling of the acid. Take the hit of that. Um, while gun collector goes to the bottom of the shaft, grabs the gun, throws it up to offense, who's positioned themselves below defense. And then... Defense gets out of the way. They have a direct shot at the angel with the rifle and hopefully destroy it. But Oscar also mentions in this that the person who's got the defense role is going to neutralize the AT field of the angel. Yeah. Which is a throwaway line. Which we never see anything manifest as such. No, and she's miles away from it. Like, although she's positioning defensively in the tunnel, she must be at least a mile down. I wonder if that was a degree of lampshading. I think it was. Yeah, it's like, look, we know how we want to kill this angel. We're running out of time. There's only like two minutes of the episode left. Like, yeah. you know. It almost suggests that Oscar has some sort of preternatural ability that she can almost extend her AT field vertically upwards like a torpedo yeah. and smash it to bits. But also, but we don't see it. As you, as but you also, Ray, Ray goes like, well, I'll take the uh, defensive role. Yes, true. Yes. Because she often has this attitude where she doesn't really value her own. No, she almost wants to sacrifice herself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Asuka's like, no, I'll do it. Yeah. We're like, why? Because it's, it's really dangerous. It's the like, most dangerous. She's thing. like, yeah. That's why. You know, and she's like kind of like stabbing a knife into her leg, you know, just to feel something, just to feel alive. <laughs> and so she says, so Shinji will be offense and uh, Ray will be gun collection. Yeah. Um, and they all go, okay. And the team actually fall in, like they work very well together. Yeah, independently. yeah. Oscar swings up, takes position. She takes a huge amount of acid onto the Ava's back, which seems to hurt her because of her connection, I guess. And all of her screens are like showing white noise. Yeah, it's like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Shinji uh, braces himself. Again, horizontally in the in the shaft. Underneath Oscar. Ray dro- drops down. Yeah. Grabs a gun. Throws it up. Tosses it up. 
Shinji catches it. Very cool little catch. Very cool moment. <laughs> he goes, Asuka, get out of the way. She tumbles to the side, gets back into the tube, I assume. And then Shinji fires a volley straight upwards. And then we see an outside shot of the angel and the bullets just seem to go straight through yeah, its like, body. Yeah, like a, like a thousand and one rounds just blasting up into the sky. Yeah, and there's a moment where we're like, did that do anything? And then the body sort of falls and the legs sort of cave inwards. Yeah, that was going to be my next question because I was thinking to myself, did it explode or not? Well, this is the weird thing. They don't explode in the show. They explode in the movies. Isn't ah, that right? They yeah. all explode into blood in the movies, which is something they change. Some, some of them do. Some explode in the series, but it comes across as more like a deliberate suicide. Yes, because of course Satchel does it. Yeah, like, yeah. He, like it's literally like uh, Shinji, when Shinji's about to kill him, self-destruct. Yeah, it just yeah, wraps yeah. stuff around and blows up. But it's like there's a real big thing in the movies, isn't there? Which we'll which we'll we'll touch on again, I think, when we watch the next one. Um, where they burst into blood. Yeah. And there's tidal waves of blood, which is not something they do in the show. No. Because as much consistency. Because I was, I was thinking, as as Shinji killed Matario, I was thinking, if that blows up... Yeah, straight down. Well, yeah. And also, like, just, you know, we've had lots of shots of, like, idyllic city life. Yeah, yeah that's That's just going to be another, like, you know, 10,000 people Yeah, because dead. there's, I'm guessing, in this one, there's been no evacuation of Tokyo 3 because there's been no nerve alarm system. No. There's been no power to the geofront to pull the buildings back down under. Yeah. No. So people are probably just going about their everyday lives, which means it's a bit weird that they didn't play on that and show people running and screaming from a giant spider walking through a city. You see, the problem, Nick, is... <laughs> That would have been really hard to animate. It would have. Uh, it would have been a strain on the animator's wrists. And as a you know, a big thing we've touched on is that there's in the original series, which we're working our way through, there is very little explanation or work done to show how the city and the people live and function. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely at right. all. Like you know, we we this is why we joke when we see like a laundry because we're like, oh, like laundries. Oh, so that's happening. Survive. Um, yeah. Life appears utterly normal. We're led to believe it's just like an utterly normal city, except occasionally we evacuate and the cities and the buildings drop underground where it's nice and safe. But yeah, we don't see people running. The streets all appear to be deserted. Yeah. But we have no way of knowing if that's normal or weird or... Yeah, or just an underpopulated city. Yeah. What is so, weird uh, is the ending. Remind me. Well, well, no, sorry, we get a bit more comedy in the elevator. Yes, so it cuts back to Masato and, Ka- and Kaji. Yes, and they're trying to, like... Cl- like she she's, needs the loo. Yeah, she needs, <laughs> she needs the loo. She's standing on his shoulders. They're trying to open, like, the, the roof. top of it. It's yeah. not working. They fall, they collapse. Power oh, comes back oh, on. Oh, power comes back on. Door opens. And there they are, lying on top of each other, because they just fell down. But, you know, it looks like they're having the relations. Except it doesn't really, but no, that's it what's yeah. inferred. Yeah. Um, and Ritsuko and the one of the technicians is there. And a nameless technician. Nameless face. And she just goes, disgusting. <laughs> Even though it's not disgusting. No. Just two people on the ground fully clothed. But okay, yeah, that's pretty disgusting. And uh, yeah, and then suddenly, smash. <laughs> this is a really weird ending. Smash cut to uh, a hillside oh, yeah. above Tokyo 3. Middle of the night. And uh, they get, and Shinji's like, ironic, isn't it? <laughs> you know, without likes, the sky is so beautiful. It's not ironic. It's not ironic. That's just facts. It's just statements, yeah. Shinji. <laughs> and then they look down uh, and the camera pangs down and we see Tokyo 3 coming back to life. All yeah. the power coming back on. Lights in the skyscrapers lighting And up. for some reason, the three kids are lying on a hillside wearing their plug suits. Yeah. With looking... Ava's nowhere to be seen. Yeah. And, and and miles from yeah a nerve facility just lying on a hillside just drinking it in 
And they have a philosophical little conversation about man using light to chase away the darkness. Yeah. Uh, and Shinji goes, oh, maybe that's why the angels hate us. And then the camera pans up to the stars above and then it ends. And it irises out and the moon winks. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> the end. Like, every time I see something like, and I'm like, why are the kids unsupervised? Who's running nerve? You know, who dropped the ball on this one? Uh, you can always forgive it by saying, oh no, they're actually so good at surveillance that, you know, you saw three children on a hillside. Actually, every blade of grass is a small camera. And that tree is a man with a gun. And there are 10 guys in shot, but you can't see them. Yeah, no, yeah. it's just like, everything is fine. <laughs> we are always in control. That's that's very convenient. Um, and probably the card that Hideaki Anno would play if yeah. we asked him. <laughs> don't, don't think about it. It's no, fine. it's too much. So, Nick. So, John. What did you think of this episode? I really enjoyed this episode. It was great. It was actually. good. Yeah. I really like stories where uh, they're about a, uh, a, a, comp- a complex futuristic thing. Uh, whether that be a facility, whether that be a starship, whether that because Star Trek does episodes like this as well, when everything goes wrong, the power goes down, yeah, and the, and the people within that technological construct have to make it work, but in the ways it doesn't normally, i.e., by hand cranking stuff, yeah. diesel generating. It's stuff. like Apollo thirteen. Yes, human ingenuity. It's like we have to get these three men back alive. You know? I'm pretty sure there's a Voyager episode where all the power on the ship goes down except for basic systems yeah. that keeps them alive. And it, it's just really fun to see them jimmying open doors that previously would have just gone and opened, you know. It, it, it's, it's good. It's, yeah. it's a sci-fi staple, I think. And we, I like it. Because we put up with a lot <laughs> in this show. <laughs> but if I had to, you know, kind of like, you know, sift through the nonsense and pick out little gems that make it great, what this episode represents would be one of them. And it is, you know, this idea of like, mind-boggling horrors are coming from space. And yeah, we have technology. And yeah, we have awesome robots. But what we really have is science. And it's winning every battle by the skin of your teeth. Yeah. And coming... Through and human ingenuity, Thinking yeah. in the moment and just coming up with crazy <laughs> new solutions and ideas. And this is great because it's like, yeah, like, this is this is really good because they just... Everybody acts logically. Yeah. They face the problems like sensible people. And yeah, they have to just work their ass off and like do something desperate and crazy to make it work. And it and it and it's great. It's it's awesome. And it's also a great opportunity for stories to really relish in their own internal logic. Yeah. So it's like, what would happen if this was to happen? Like mm. we have all of these storytelling systems in place for, you know, umbilical cord power for the Avers and the five minute countdown and all this kind of stuff. It's like, well, what happens if we can't get any power to them at all? You know, and it and it's it's really cool to think that, you know, when they drop their batteries off. I was a little bit worried that we wouldn't see the five minute timer. But, but they, we did. they remember. They remember. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, it's obvious that they should remember it. And it would have been a massive failing of the episode if they hadn't. But it's always very satisfying when you see all the things that you think should happen, happen yeah. before your eyes. It's very it, good. Because it shows that the people working on the episode thought about, you know, exactly. put some and care. care into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, they always say that if you care about what you're working on, then the people will see it. And this was an example of that. Well, also, it's like, um, you know, as any series progresses with a, a hero, there's often the, the the thing where the hero becomes more skilled and more powerful yeah. as, the, as the series goes on, thus technically minimising the threat yeah. because they get better at dealing with it. So it's like a... I think most video games have a moment like this as well, where there's a moment near the end of the game where all your powers are taken, taken away. away from you. 
So and it's and it's it's crazy because this is why it's a good episode because the stakes feel real. Yeah. Like all the technology, all these amazing anti-angel weapons, which always work. Yeah. Now don't. Now they, just just by simple act of having no power, it it really mixes things up. It's it does. Great. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Who do you think did the sabotage? That's a good question. And it's almost like we see Kaji in the elevator with Misato to tell us that it isn't him. At the same time, however, it he was before. running to catch the elevator. Oh my goodness, he was. Yeah. Like, and, like, who knows what was going through his head? He's just about the only wild card we have at yeah. the moment. And we know he's like a secret agent working for someone. Also, if he had done it, he would want to get into an elevator with Misato. Yeah, that's, that's, what the that's what I'm thinking. Like, out. if he, in, in his twisted head where he's like, yeah, I know... Two birds, one stone here. I can shut Nerve down and I can get off with Misato. Yeah. Which didn't work in the end. Yeah, I, I, I just... Or even in a perverse way, did you think, like, an elevator was the safest place to be? Or something uh, like that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean... I wouldn't think that. <laughs> it's a very... It's a hell of a risky game. Yeah. Because surely any sabotage of Nerve would potentially end the world. Like, if I'm didn't... not sure we ever find out. But that was no. when I was a younger guy watching this show. Maybe there will be hints. I I I'm I would almost put money on the fact that we will not find out. Okay. Like I, I think it would just be one of those things where there's so much around Evangelion that seems seems a very big plot point to not tell. I reckon if we looked it up, there'd be a major. I reckon there's a big. There's probably a fan community theory that he which probably is quite did strong. It. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it must be Kaji. He's the only one who. Who seems to have any motivation to be yeah. a constant pain in the ass? Because I mean, all we know is that he, well, he's he's reporting to Gendo, which is uh, goes against it. To be fair, but it's a weird thing though. It's like he, we know for a fact that he's reported to Gendo because he delivered a sinister embryo. Yeah, embryo to Gendo. At the same time, however, remember the last episode. He met with the random lady with a dog. Oh yeah, on the on the ski lift. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like, who who's that? Yeah, like who, who's, who's the puppy he, lady? Who's he reporting to? You know, we he he is at best a double agent, at worst a triple agent. We don't. But this again plays into the thing we were talking about with army with the army and nerve. Like there is no point in double agents anymore. Like as I know you want a story about sabotage and intrigue and political like assassination or whatever. I know you want that for this story, but it doesn't make sense because everyone would be on the side yeah. of protecting the earth. And again, as you said, if someone sabotaged nerve, they are running the risk, if not trying to cause the end of the world. Yeah, and I know I'm a bit of a crack record here, but it's like we know because we've seen this all before, that there is a conspiracy and there are yeah. alternative... You know, but this diff- isn't part of that. Well, well, I don't know. That's the thing. It, like, so I feel so much of the storytelling in Evangelion is blinking, you miss it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So like one conversation, one throwaway line from a character. So you get to the end and suddenly, like, we get to the end of the series and we know that, like, oh, X is making their power play and this is happening. And we can think in our, and we'll go, like, oh, yeah, it all makes sense now. But, but I... I I'm almost not sure if it does in the moment. Like, no. I don't know how much this stuff is genuinely throwaway and it only seems to make sense after the fact. From a storytelling perspective, it, the the way that Gendo is handled in this episode suggests that he isn't anything to do with this. No, I, because, don't, think, no, I don't think he is. No, no. because the whole, the whole story of him being manually involved in loading the Avers up suggests a real deep-seated desire to save the world. Yeah. Because of his own personal goals and targets in mind. He doesn't want to save the world because he's a lovely person. He wants to save the world because he has a very specific plan in mind. Yeah. But yeah, the, uh, the whole way it's structured suggests that we're meant to... This is, it's not Gendo. 
Yeah. Obviously. No, I know. And I, I don't think it is. No, no, I, I agree with you. Yeah. But I, I think like, I guess the, I don't know. It's almost irrelevant, isn't it? Like, because it could just be sinister person in background who it doesn't matter. Like, it's not important who yeah. did it because the consequences of it are important. But I liked what you pointed out about how, you know, they, they realized someone was mapping the facility. That's a very interesting idea. And that could come back. Yeah. There's a chance... There's a chance that we may... I th- I think there's a very slight chance that we may see some follow-up to this. I think... I, I, I... We may not find out who it was. No, I, I reckon we won't find out who it was. And I don't think it will be explicitly mentioned ever again. No. But I think events later on will maybe cast it in a light where you could go, it was probably X. Yes. Or it was probably Y. You know, you'll be able to... Because we are... On this rewatch, one of the things we're discovering is stuff that we missed the first time around. Yeah. In a big way. Like, lots of stuff. Like, I don't even remember seeing the puppy lady in the ski lift before. Yeah. I think my brain just switched off no. because I didn't understand what's going on. But that's the thing. It's just blinking. You miss it. Yeah. yeah. Like, was that important? Was it not important? But we're not blinking this time. Is that just one of Anno's, you know, rant, cr- crazy moments? I don't know what's yeah. happening. Yeah. But we're, which, we're watching it with eagle eyes this time. And I think if there's going to be a callback to, to the weird sabotage of this episode. Yeah. We're going to see it. And we'll comment on it. Yeah, I'm I'm rooting for it. Yeah, like this show isn't isn't the greatest in terms of internal continuity and stuff, but I think they might do this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put my I'm gonna put myself out on a limb here, and I'm gonna say I'm looking forward to it. I yes, I, I hope they do. Mm-hmm. I like I said, I personally don't think they will, but I reckon it will be it will be one of those story beats where you'll yeah. just go like that makes sense. Ah, uh, I see. Like I don't, I yeah, I don't think they were never explicit, but I yeah, I, it'll be subtle. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can just infer. Yeah. Joy from it. Okay, so shall we rate it? I think so. I yeah. Think so yeah. So I guess um, to remind ourselves, and I guess anyone listening, because it has been a while, we do two ratings. We do. We do impact, which is generally just how good was the episode. Yeah. Uh, and also Shinji ness, yeah. which is basically. Uh, uh how shinji was shinji yeah with zero being normal 14 year old boy and 10 being screaming emotional wreck on the brink of the apocalypse yeah exactly yeah um okay so impact yeah as we said we enjoyed this yeah i i think i've got a number in mind i think i have a number as well okay i'm gonna go first okay eight and a half wow yeah oh okay i was i was actually gonna say uh seven Okay. Which I know is a boring, safe kind of... But I was like, it was a good episode. But I was thinking, like, at the same time, I didn't tip it over into brilliant. Because I was like, there wasn't a massive amount of action. Mm-hmm. The action they did was, was you know, appropriate and well done. But I was like, this is, this is good. I know what you mean. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't impactful. Mm. But I feel like it was, it was because it's one of the episodes that I would show off. Yeah, no, see, that's a good. I point, want yeah. to give it a high score for that, and I'm I, what I want is the score at the end. If if it's got a high impact, I yeah. want it to be something that therefore I feel like I'll show that episode. Would well, you want to split the difference? Call it an eight. Yeah, then. I'm happy with that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, grand. Eight's yeah. good. Good work, Anna. <laughs> well done. <laughs> good okay. job, Shinjiness. I have a number. Do you? I um. Okay, it's a tough one. This is a subtle scale. It is. A hard one. Okay, I think I I think I have one. Yes. You go first. Four. Okay. Much higher than I thought. Okay, what are you Interesting. thinking? Interesting. I was thinking two. Mm. Um, because my reasoning was the only really Shinji moment that we had was his inability to talk to his dad on the phone. Yeah. Which, although Shinji-y, 
because it was really annoying to listen to him not actually say anything and just stutter. He um, it's also less to do with him being Shinji and more to do with his dad being. A yeah, poo. I was thinking there's also like those moments where, and again, not in a bad way, but simply that like his complete indecisiveness. That's very true. Um, you know, uh, I guess his relationship with the two girls, like he, yeah. he, um. But it, but it's, but again, it's a very, he's, he's an interesting character, and I think he, he doesn't do too badly in this episode. And he has a heroic moment as well in the, in the final battle. In these social moments, he's capable. That's a weird thing. Like in the social moments, he's completely uh, trodden. He's just you know he, he's a he's a doormat. He just gets walked all over. Can never make a decision. Mm. But in combat, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't make the decisions. But he does entirely what's needed. He's very you know competent. And he's usually Brave. the rock upon which the entire plan succeeds because, yeah. of, you know. Well, do you want to split the difference on that? Three. Three? Yeah. I think that's pretty okay. good. I, I, a good episode. Really good. Really strong episode, actually. Yeah. And again, not a flashy episode. No, but I think that's why I really yeah. liked it. I, I like these episodes, the episodes in, in and, and again, it's a sci-fi trope, you know, when it's not the big season finale, two-part, like, massive deal. It's the ones where the characters are tested. Yeah. And and what ends up happening is you get some really good mythology and you get some really good character work. And this did that. Yeah. It did both of those. It did this kind of episode really well. And again, I would be so happy to show this to someone. Which, considering some would be embarrassed to show, that is quite yeah, a compliment. I just, it's, it's annoying in a way, because this episode in particular... Because it's like, you know, if you're writing a series or producing a series or whatever, they can't all be massive explosion no. epic fights we've had those moments and we've had moments like that which we've rated very highly because this is great like the action is awesome but the quiet moments are what's gonna fill the gaps yeah you know, absolutely in a, in a truly brilliant series you'd have these great peaks of action yeah but then you you'd want to enjoy the the and gaps it, and it's the sign well, of a good spaces. storyteller that that makes good use of the moments when it's down yeah you know it's like well, we don't want it to be boring we don't want it to be dull so what do we do when we don't have the budget to go big? How do we go big on a small level? How do we do that? Yeah. And that's the sign of a good storyteller. And, and, it, and, it, and it, the <clears throat> frustrating thing is that I'm like, why can't the other episodes be like this? Yeah. Because the way the characters act, the logic, uh, there's no weird, there's no overtly weird sexual or... You know, nobody acts like a lunatic. No, it it just works. Yeah, and I'm like, and it was satisfying. Damn it! It's like could could the other like <clears throat> you know episodes that we don't remember as well? Could they not have been like this? Could they not have <laughs> all been like this? Because I want to see the adventures of uh, happy bureaucratic defend the earth company and the way they operate. Yeah, you know? yeah, me too. I I I'm not sure. I want to see like weird psychosexual baffling. No one asked for that. Quango, you know. We want we want robots. Yeah. We want just... giant colourful robots with awesome pilots fighting to save the world. It, really. Because it's like if you if you compared this episode with, I don't know, what people think like a Japanese robot cartoon would be, I'd be like, no, this is the thinking man's yes. one. Because it's not just like plug in a Ethereum crystal and watches, you know, <laughs> battle the Plutarch, you know. <laughs> It's, it's, I want to watch that. Show. It'd be amazing, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, this is like, look, it's science, it's logic, it's <clears throat> yeah, and it, and it, and it's great. And this is like that little gem of greatness. Mm. People must have seen something in in the show. Yeah, you know. absolutely. It's a good episode. Good stuff. 
Should we call it a day? Let's call it a day. Well, it's good to be back. It is. Everyone. Yeah. Let's not make any promises. No. <laughs> no, no. Good, we're back. Good, we're back. It's good to be back two weeks before your wedding. <laughs> when... yeah. Might not be another one until, I guess, after I get back from honeymoon. <laughs> we, could, uh, we could Skype an episode while you're in Japan. That might be quite cool. No, you'll have better things to do. But Probably, like, yeah. yeah. I'll be asleep. <laughs> you can interview Unit 1. <laughs> I tell you what, I might see if I can um, bring something back for the oh, show. Oh, please do something Evangelion related, and we'll do a little like side bit talking a show about and tell, yeah. what I've got. Because I've got to get something Evangelion while I'm there. You'd have to, yeah, 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 yeah. Existential dread. Yes, I could bring that back with That'd me. That'd be delightful. Everyone would love it. Right. Well, I get. Well, anyway, it's very good to be back, and yes, we will be picking this up. Absolutely. So, um, I guess uh, thank you for listening. Yeah. And uh, until next time, uh, remember, however bad your life may be. At least you're not Shinji Akari.